millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at yesterday's 2-2 draw uh, with Cambridge at the Valley. The Addicts leading by two goals to nil going into the last two minutes of normal time, but uh, we found a way to throw away what seemed a really comfortable position. Uh, and two points as well, Cambridge coming away uh, with the draw on Neil Harris's first game in charge. Joining me to talk about that game, first up, up top, the uh, first lady of Charlton Live, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue, this morning? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, we'll talk about yesterday, so <laughs> I'll leave you there. Yeah, I think, I think, I think your demeanour there sums, up, sums it up quite nicely already. And uh, bottom of the screen there, uh, I don't know how uh, how his demeanour is going to be. Tom Wallin, how are you, Tom? Yeah, not great, I don't think. Um, yeah, looking forward to this, kind yeah. of. Bit yeah. of therapy. Bit of therapy. Sunday morning, 10am, therapy for all of us. That's why we're here every week. So on today's show then, as I said, we'll look back at the game. We'll hear the goals uh, from Charlton TV uh, shortly. We'll hear Michael Appleton's uh, interview afterwards as well. Um, spoke to him uh, about a few little subjects, which uh, which we'll hear. Uh, we want to hear from you guys as well. Morning to everyone who's joining us. Uh, in the chat, all hell let loose. First one in there saying, morning or every cloud is a silver lining, uh, they say. So hopefully all hell let loose will be letting us know what that is shortly. Um, uh, also in there, Andrew, Bob's in there, Michael, Dudley, Keith, uh, the Mankind Initiative's in there, Sam's in there uh, as well. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game uh, in the comments section there. We've got a couple of tweets and emails uh, to get to uh, as well. Later on in the show, we have got a guest fan. Uh, Paddy Pamant's going to join us later on, tell us what he made of yesterday's game, uh, the season as a whole, where he thinks we're going as a club, all that sort of stuff. So, Sue, just before we hear the goals uh, from yesterday's game, um, yeah, how how'd you sum that one up? Uh, we were so off the pace in the first half. Second half, we, you know, second half FC at it again. We, we, we scored two excellent goals, felt really comfortable, uh, and then it all fell apart. Yeah. That's pretty much it, Louis. You've answered the question. It was, it was so, it just felt, it was so bizarre. Like, I actually, like, obviously in our little group chat, we, we, we talk quite a lot to each other during the games, don't we? And I said, I kind of said, I feel like I'm watching a kids' school football team that are just kind of running around and not really knowing what they're doing. They just look really lost. And obviously, Whatever Mickey said after I did the job for a bit, and then we just fall apart again. And I just I can't get my head around it because actually we've got some very very good players, um, but they just it they play like a team of strangers. Well, it's not even a team, is it? They just feel just feels like it's a group of strangers on a pitch, just. 
yeah i don't i don't know what else to say it's just the weird it's just very very weird Mm, and it was like so frustrating with the way the game uh, ended. Let's have a listen to the highlights. Uh, when we come back, we'll get Tom's views uh, on the game as well. So, yeah, well done to Greg, who hosted on uh, Charlton TV yesterday for the first time and did a, a very good job by all accounts. I heard bits of it and, and it looked really good. Uh, but the commentary highlights are from uh, Steve Brown uh, and Terry Smith. Trophy. It's a good foot in from Hector. And he sends the ball down the line, asking Carnu to chase it. And Daniel Carnu does exactly that. Up against Morrison, cuts back inside Daniel Carnu, into the penalty area, out on his right foot again, drills the ball across, Alfie May with the finish! Alfie May on hand to benefit from outstanding work from Daniel Carnu. And Charlton had the lead six and a half minutes into this second half. Yeah. And for all the people that say he shouldn't be out on the right. His first five games were spent down the centre of the pitch for us at the start of the season and didn't score a single goal. Wherever you play Alfie, whether it's off the striker, whether it's off coming off the right, he finds a way to get opportunity. Tackle from Hector to win the ball back for Charlton. Fraser now looking for Blackett-Taylor on the left-hand side. Blackett-Taylor will pick it up, running at Bennett. Still running at Bennett, cuts it on his left foot, left foot cross. Campbell with a header! Jim Campbell! Tom second glorious cross from Blackett Taylor to pick him out and the Addicts take a two goal lead here yeah and it's the switch of play that's crucial Tal, because it allows Blackett Taylor to have the 1v1 against Bennett it's an outrageous amount of step overs I lost count after about the fifth one and I thought Bennett did really well to keep his eye on the ball and stay on his feet but right at the death Blackett Taylor shifts the ball off the yard down to the byline and that delivery, you will not see many better leaves than that. It's begging to be attacked. And this time, we had a midfielder arriving, sent with a six-yard box, brilliantly attacked by Chem Campbell. Keeper's got no chance. For a corner, three and a half minutes of normal time remaining. Coming in from the Cambridge right-hand side, into the box. It's a header coming in, it's a goal. A headmate with it. Met it from the cross. Created his own space, met the cross on the full, and Cambridge have a goal back. Yeah. So, kind of what I've been saying, you know, I, we, we've done okay in terms of particularly second half where we've been in the right place at the right time. And that's the reason I would have been hell bent on keeping a clean sheet because now you've got a little bit of a hectic finish. It's just a driven ball into the middle of the six yard box. You, it's inexplicable that's a free header. I can't, just caught underneath it, I guess, if you're Terrell Thomas, got stuck, got planted, couldn't get up, give the centre forward a bit of credit, he was on the move, got across his man and won it, but it's it's first contact again and a free hit. With a good foot in, Fraser goes to ground, referee says nothing, and it's Lancaster, who's taken out on the edge of the area, no, inside the area, and Cambridge have a penalty. Fraser, I think, to put his foot out. Referee's read that as taken out Lancaster. We'll see it again here. Got past Hector. That was Ed, and in fact, I beg his pardon. And it's not even, I think it's on the, well, it depends if it's on the line, I guess it's a penalty. Difficult to tell from that angle. Steps forward, I had me. Slots it home with Maynard Brewer going the opposite direction. And it's all square here. In what is the Fifth minute of added time. 
So there we go, the commentary highlights from uh, Charlton TV uh, from yesterday. All Hell Let Loose has told us what the silver lining is. Uh, it says we won't have to pay a promotion bonus this season, so there's a few money in the bank uh, there for us, Tom, which is good news, but yeah, uh, hugely frustrating. Um, get get the elephant in the room out of the way first. The, the, the penalty was outside the, the penalty area, so that, that's, that's a difficult one to take, Tom, considering no matter how the game had gone, that's where we got ourselves to with a 2-1 lead in the last minute. And that is a bit frustrating that it went, it, it worked out like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess it would be very easy to come on the show today and, and use that as an excuse. It shouldn't have been a penalty probably if it was outside the box, but I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to blame them. I want to criticize them because that's nowhere near good enough. Uh, you, you can't be two nil up at home fairly comfortable they've not really had a sniff and and throw it away like that at the end it's it's not it's not acceptable um we were just talking just before the show weren't we about about what's going to happen with the likes of Dobson and, and Corey and contracts and stuff and I just look at that team and I just think if you're Alfie May you're that good you're scoring those sorts of goals it must be so frustrating to then go home every week and not have won the game. And I know we haven't lost it. I had spent a lot of last night having to convince myself that we hadn't lost because it properly felt like a loss. But people like that, like when it comes to the summer or January, people like him and George Dobson and Corey, they don't deserve this. Like they're good footballers. I know Corey's been a bit off recently, but particularly Dobbo and May. Like they don't, if they went, fair play to them. Like I'm just, I'm so sick of it, basically. I'm so fed up of us throwing games away because as Sue said, I think there's a promotion squad in there just about scraping it and we just should be better than this. And a game like yesterday is the reason we're probably not going to make it because that was just a nailed on three points based on that second half performance. And then in the last 10 minutes, we've just gone and thrown it away and cost ourselves another two points. And yeah, I don't really know what more to say. I'm just properly fed up of this team and I look around them and apart from those players I mentioned there's no one I like there's no one I enjoy watching there's no one who I think puts a proper shift in there's no one who, who digs deep when it when they really need to and I don't know maybe I'm being over the top because last yesterday's game just really rattled me but I'm just fed up of them properly fed up of them and I, yeah I don't know where we go from here really without a massive change in January once again and I, I just can't see us doing that either so mm. yeah tough day tough day yeah, I mean, an interesting point you, you said about you, you feel there's a promotion squad in there. I mean, I, 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 I feel the opposite of that. You know, I think over the last three or four seasons, we've proven no matter how, how many times we changed the squad that we haven't got anywhere near enough, whether it's depth in quality or depth in numbers. I think it's more depth in quality this year, you know, and, and Michael Appleton spoken a lot about the profile of the squad, you know, the, the young players. That was a concern with the, the business that was done in January. I mean, there, there, was so many, there were so many things that were odd about uh, yeah, yesterday, so I mean, obviously the amount of changes we we had to make, some of them injuries, but you know the, the fact that Jim Campbell's not not been involved at all recently, and all of a sudden comes in and starts, and I thought did quite well actually, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, one one bone of contention, I mean, the, the, the whole collapse came from the fact that we didn't defend a set piece. Now I asked Michael about, you know, I, I feel like we've had trouble defending set pieces this season, and the XG stats suggest that. So I said to Michael, you know, it, it's been a continual problem. Uh, Michael's sort of come back and says he doesn't think it's a problem. We've only conceded two, although, I mean, we've conceded five, but only two of them are under him. So I think the idea is he feels like he's said it in the right direction. But obviously, even if he has, that was a, a massive step backwards yesterday with that free header, which was frustrating because defensively yesterday, 
it, on the whole, we were all right. It was only really set pieces in the first half. Um, you know, Heck was man in the match deservedly. I thought Terrell Thomas had a, had a decent enough game until maybe he was underneath the set piece, along with I think it was Chem who who didn't track the runner for the goal. Um, but yeah, we, we we can't make mistakes like that, and also we can't crumble like we do when we concede goals. That has been a problem at times this season and last season, and probably the season before as well. Yeah, I think as well, like just sort of going back in my head, it's like when they they scored that first goal. Um, and yeah, like you say, you, you can't you can't defend the defending in in that um, in that incident. But it was good to see Big Heck and and Tay get a good have a good game. But it I feel like as well the crowd feed off of that. So like when they scored that first, the crowd. I mean, we were buzzing after that second goal. There was a really great atmosphere. And then it kind of started to get a bit subdued because I think the nerves were already settling in for the fans. We were already kind of thinking, oh, God, it, like, it's going to be a matter of time. They scored that first and it was like our, straight away our crowd were like getting on there. I mean, they got booed off at half time. It, so I think that energy that was in the stadium after that first goal just dropped dramatically. And I think... Yeah, it wasn't a penalty. We've all seen the picture and the video. It actually, it was 100% not a penalty. But, like Tom says, you can't make that excuse because actually that player shouldn't have got in that position in the first place. So, it, it's just trying to, like, how do you then, how much are you working on that stuff day in, day out in, in training? How does it happen? It, I just can't, I can't get it right in my head that, these are really, really sloppy mistakes that we're making. You can't blame the young players. You absolutely can't because we haven't got any option but to play them at the moment. Um, but it's it's not it's not even the younger ones that are making necessarily making the mistakes. It's it's the the probably the more experienced professionals. Mm. Yes, Chris, we are sad. Yeah, Chris says in the chat, you three all look so sad. Um, well, we were upset about yesterday's, uh, <laughs> the way the game ended yesterday. Uh, I mean, he did say further up. I mean, it, it wasn't a pen. Uh, so how have we thrown it away? We would have won 2-1, but for the incompetent officials, that's the nuts and bolts of it. But, you know, we, we also wouldn't have thrown it away if it weren't for the incompetent set-piece defending. These these are all the things that add up in, into a game. You know, it's easy when you get to the last minute to pinpoint one moment. But obviously, over the, the course of the 90 minutes, did we do enough to win the game? Probably not, Tom. If you look in that first half, you know, we were clearly second best, booed off the field of play Cambridge didn't offer much but again it was from set pieces um deep crosses headers they had one cleared off the line one where they played it short in towards the near post which I think Tash in our chat pointed out was very similar to the goal that Bolton scored at, at the Valley at that exact, exact same end of the ground as well um and, and sure we had our spell in the second half which we often do Dan Carney made a, a big difference when he came on but yeah over the course of the game I think a draw was probably fair just because of the way the, the balance of play was Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm not not for one moment denying that. Um, and that's, uh, again, not acceptable. You look at where they are in the league. They've lost their three last games. As the bloke said on Thursday's pod, you know, Mark Bonner is like a Cambridge born and bred. Um, so they've had to make a tough decision there. And I know people talk about the new man in the bounce and all of that. I don't even think it was that. I think that's a team that's probably hurting when they come into yesterday. 
but they didn't give up. You know, they weren't very good in the first half either, as you say. That first half was just dreadful. But to go get sucker punched, you know, 10, 15 minutes into the second half and find yourself 2-0 down away from home against a relatively big team at this level, a team that do well in the second half, a team that have a good home record as we do, they never gave up. They never gave up. And um, as you say, people like Hector and Thomas having good games. And then that bloke has the freedom of the Jimmy C then to just waltz through our box and score a header. So fair play to them. They deserved the point. As you say, we didn't deserve any more than that. And yeah, it's just the same old story, isn't it? I, I don't know what, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I just don't know where we go from here. We, when you look at our goals scored, we're up there. When you look at our goals conceded, we're probably in the, up there with, with some of the biggest, t- or conceded some of the biggest amount of goals. That's why we're mid-table. And I say there's a promotion squad in there. I feel like there's enough players in there that should be able to get us out of this league. I agree with you. I think, I don't know whether once I've calmed down a little bit from yesterday's game, whether yesterday was the tipping point point for me to say, actually, maybe we're not going to make it. But I just feel like they they should be better. They should be better than this. People like Hector and Thomas should be putting that sort of performance in regularly. Um, people like Chem Campbell, I appreciate, hasn't had his chance, looked OK yesterday. So people like him and Louis Watson, are they going to get some game time now or has Apple's fallen out with them? Like I see somebody mentioning, like, there's a lot going on with this squad and I just don't really know what the answer is at this stage. I don't think, I just can't see our owners doing enough in January to to pull us out of it, sadly, but that's what we need. And yeah, we absolutely deserve to draw the game yesterday at best. And um, if you're drawing a home game to a team that are down in the bottom and have just sacked their manager and lost three in a row, that kind of says all you need to say about this side, really. Mm, yeah, um, Bob saying it was a, a disappointing game. On to the next one. Uh, Dudley's saying, uh, morning all, we're just about where we were at this stage last year. Uh, or are we arguably worse? I mean, purely on a points-per-points basis, after this amount of games last season, 19 games. Um, so we have 27 this season. We had 24 last season. So if you go back two games, we were on exactly the same amount of points, uh, 23, which was uh, after the Carlisle draw. Um, and then, obviously, we beat Cheltenham and we picked up a point yesterday. In the next three or four games at this point last season, we only got one point out of maybe three or four games. So, yeah, we're pretty much exactly where we were last season with with a couple of extra points. And obviously, um, nine points outside the playoffs, which is quite a difficult position to to come back from even at this stage of the season. It's still doable, as in if you you have a flying squad in January, like, but, you know, whether it's going to be the case. And don't forget, that's, you know, we're looking at, another what four or five games before the end of the uh, end of the calendar year to, to to get through with this squad that's unfortunately picked up more injuries now um the mankind initiative says we were lucky to get a draw second best uh, plus uh, i saw someone have noticed that Corey uh, was ignored uh, apart from by eden after he set up uh, the second i mean i don't know if, if we are reading too much into that because Corey was on the left wing sent the crossover chem who's hardly played scored a great header so a lot of the players went to Chem, probably congratulating someone who's not had a great time of it. And Corey just stayed on the left wing. He didn't chase him. But, you know, don't forget, it's only two, three weeks ago is that Carlisle scoring a goal and getting mobbed by his teammates in front of the away end. So I don't know if maybe we're reading too much into that, but we'll um, we'll we'll see. Um, All Hell Let Loose says, is Appleton really better than Dino? Both got into problems when having to use a lot of youth. I mean, this is what I think it was Rachel who tweeted into the show on Thursday. So he said, you know, it'd be interesting to see now how how Michael Appleton gets on without those reinforcements he had at the start of his tenure, which Dean didn't have at the start of the season for, you know, strikers out. Obviously now he's got, he's got a defender in Lloyd Jones out that he's going to be a big miss for us. I mean, it's, 
it's quite notable that the second we we lose a few players, and we're, we're pretty we're in similar positions. Though I think Michael's going to say he feels like we were, you know, we've improved in some sections. I mean, what have you seen as the differences between the two now that the uh, the the backs are sort of against the wall a little bit in terms of how the squad's falling at this moment? Yes, I, I guess it's it, it, it's tricky, isn't it? Because if you've not got a consistent starting eleven, which we haven't, we haven't really have we since the beginning of the season. So it, it's difficult to judge a manager. I feel when you haven't got your full strength squad available to you, but at the same time, you you need to play to your strengths um and I guess it's it's really hard like I know we've talked about it quite a lot even like earlier in the season when we're saying like yeah some of these younger players are probably good enough but not every week Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday like it's too much actually was talking to some of my friends after the game about this because we we had that whole discussion about injuries again. And I actually said, I feel like now a lot of young players are playing too much football at a younger age. So if they're in the academies, that's going to have a strain on the body. And I like we all talked about years ago that, Michael Owen raised the thing about the shin splints because he played too much football too young. And I think now, like, a lot of people are worried about we always have these injury problems. Like, a lot of clubs have that issue. Look at Tottenham. They've got a horrendous injury list at the moment. But I think the pressure on younger players now is a lot more than it used to be. And they're not necessarily able to play with that freedom and lack of fear that we'd seen in the past um and I, I think it is it's it's a lot of pressure for young minds and bodies but again we don't have any other um options so I, I think we're banging on about the Jan- January transfer window probably since September um it, it just we, I think that's how we're going to judge our our new ownership in in that window. What they yeah. bring in. Yeah, I mean, um, when we hear Michael's interview in a few moments' time, we'll have a listen to what he says right at the end about the transfer window. And obviously, you know, he, he references there's work to do. We will put it that way. But we'll hear what he says and we'll talk about it afterwards because it's reasonably interesting. Uh, Turkish is saying a lot of fans hating on other fans because they think we're entitled. Uh, for being upset after not beating Cambridge. However, I don't think it's too much to ask for the club to at least be fighting for a playoff spot uh, in League One. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with Turkish here. You know, I think like we can't we, we can't continue going through the same thing every season with the, the promise of jam tomorrow and then fans wonder why other fans get upset when the jam never arrives. Um, but, you know, that's... that. It's internal fighting between fans. It's just you know, it's just noise. Really, it's not it's not the reason where where we are, where we are. Uh, but yeah, Turkish is right. I think people should be entitled to be a bit annoyed that we're at our lowest point ever on the field of play. You know, ever literally ever. I mean, that's at some point. You know, some people have to look around and see that's why people are upset because this is the worst it's ever been. And also the fact that the longer it stays, the worse it's ever been. The more damage it's going to do to the club in the long run. You know, again, attendances are a bugbear. 
because it's you know pe- pe- people think that when when others get a little bit snotty about the fact that there's not many people there they're just moaning for the sake of it they're moaning for it because it, it it's a, a massive important thing for the club and if we don't have big gates coming through and the longer we stay in league one mid table in 10th as all hell let loose which is probably right at this moment in time the lower the crowds are going to be you know and, and that's uh that, that's a concern because it does affect the, the the future of the club dean says uh, the first 10 minutes of the second half only papered over the cracks of uh, how poor uh, we are michael saying why can't we ever match the opposition's work rate we are the home team when we go away our backs are against the wall when we're at home our backs seem to be uh, against the wall uh, as well um Sam said he was pleased to see Chem get a start and also score. I hope Appleton leaves him in the squad for the next few games. What did you make of someone like like Chem coming in? We haven't really mentioned someone like Henry Ryder who got taken off at half time. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was running up and down a bit in in the first half, and after about ten minutes, I thought, yeah, fair play, he's going to try and put himself about. But yeah, he, he got he got hooked to the break, and I think Michael admitted it was probably a little bit too soon for him to be starting a, a league game. But yeah, Chem Chem as well. Tom, what did you make of him? Yeah, I think on on Ryder that goes back to Sue's point, doesn't it? Like. It's a big game and uh, yeah, putting him in there and putting him in the firing line. I know they've got the injuries, but yeah, a bit unfair on him. So I'm not going to criticise him at all. I thought Chen was okay. Um, Obviously got his goal, which hopefully will do him the world of good. But as the comments are saying, is he going to get another game? Um, Hopefully because of injuries, he might, he might be forced into it. But yeah, I don't really get why he hasn't had a lot of game time. I think he played the Cray Valley, didn't he? Was it the home one? Um, didn't blow me away there. And the, the little glimpses I've seen, um, there's clearly a good player in there, like we're saying about a few of the squad, but maybe not done it consistently or maybe just not had the opportunity. But I thought he did okay yesterday, like I say. Um, but yeah, again, didn't blow me away. But if he gets a little run in the side now, that could be somebody that kicks on and, and has a bit of an impact on this team, potentially. Yeah. So I'm just catching up with the chat and I just saw earlier Dean's invited Tom down the pub to cheer himself up. So yeah, you're more than welcome, Tom. If you need to take an early uh, an early exit and to go, to go down the boozer, I might come and join you actually. Uh, Michael says we're terrible at set pieces, both attacking and defending. And there's something else, you know, a positive from yesterday, Dan, obviously uh, back in the side, um, off, off the bench, made a big difference at halftime. Alfie being pushed out wide, probably better for him. You know, we've seen Alfie playing at nine and Michael did warn he thinks he wouldn't be as effective there and that turned out to be the case. Um, but yeah, Dan's hold-up play for that first goal was particularly impressive and and Alfie's got now 19 for the season. Uh, Sky Bet tweeted an update on his battle with Erling Haaland earlier, but they got it wrong. Uh, so Alfie's on 30, Erling's on 29, not not 31, which is what Sky Better put. But yeah, so he's leading him at least, Sue. So yeah, that was that was a nice moment and a good finish. And like I say, you got you got to praise that hold up play from Dan Carney there. Yeah, I, I mean he did he did make such a difference. And even like when we started sort of wobbling again, he, he still like that energy. Like he, he is so good. But Alfie, oh my god, like. Again, like you look at him and you think, like, please stop publicising how good he is because we're gonna lose him. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. Like, yeah, Dan, Dan was definitely a positive out of yesterday, having him back, and and hopefully he doesn't start to get disillusioned um, that he can keep that energy and maybe pass that energy on to other players that need a bit of a boost um I'd, yeah i just feel for some of them in a minute yeah um yeah i mean uh the mankind initiative saying i have a real fear a championship club will come in for 
Alfie. Michael, when I pointed out that we're at our lowest point, he says lowest point so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Simon. Simon's asking, is is there a thought as to whether Michael Appleton is an upgrade on Dean Holden? We sort of half mentioned it earlier. Uh, when he was interviewed by the job, he must have convinced the owners he could do a job with the squad we have. Tom, what's your view on, on the two managers? I mean, uh, j- just to throw in one more thing. I mean, Kevin's saying you have to give a manager at least two windows. Our track record shows you can't keep changing managers. I haven't seen any major calls for the manager's head yet. He's only he's only been here a couple of months. Um, but yeah, what's your view on the differences between the, the two gaffers we've had this season? I think on paper, he's more tactically astute. Uh, and he's got more experience and that's about it. I don't think he's the problem. And I, I said this when Dean got sacked and obviously Nate had his proper meltdown and then I came on the show a little bit later and had a similar sort of one. The the problem's systemic. It goes back to the point Sue was making earlier. When Chris Powell came in that first time, he said there were people still talking about our Premier League days and he ripped everything up and started from scratch. And we've never had an opportunity to do that. In the last few seasons, it's the same. We start a season... We started badly, we sacked the manager, we bring a new manager in, we don't back him enough, we improve a little bit at the back end of the season when he gets his players in, then we don't back him in the summer, then he starts badly, then he gets sacked, then another manager comes in. And it just happens over and over and over again. And as a result, we're a mid-table league one side and have been for a few years now. That Unless that systemic problem stops, and whether that's Michael Appleton getting just two years to see what he can do, whether that was Dean Holden doing it, whether that was Jacko doing it, I don't think it makes the blindest bit of difference if you don't give him any time. Um, it's not going to make any difference. If Appleton gets a good January, we'll probably pick up at the back end of the season, maybe scrape playoffs, maybe not. But if he starts next season badly, off he goes and in comes a new one who's then got three or four managers worth of squad again that he's got to work with. So, no, I don't think Michael Appleton is a bad manager. I also don't think he's, he's the answer without being given time. And the same for Dean. But I do think tactically, he's maybe got a little bit more about him. But without his own players and without a bigger squad and without some time, he he ain't going to do anything. Or he might. He might get lucky. A little bit like Bo did that season. And we got up and he built a good squad and we got us up. But then, look, we had the uh, obviously the COVID year played a part in that. But then he wasn't given any time again. So, uh, yeah, that's... That's how I see it. That's how I saw it when Dean got sacked. And I don't, nothing's changed my mind about that, to be honest. Yeah, Ben's saying the problem always seems to be that we assume because of our history, we can just turn up and win when playing lesser opposition. When it comes to us playing better opposition, we tend uh, to show up. Yeah, and uh, I think if the players were to get into that mindset of, oh, you know, we're chunking, we'll turn up and we'll be fine, then obviously that that is a problem. But I still think the fans can have high expectations for the club. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd I mean, I, I, I used to always say, and now I've thought about it a bit more, you know, we, we can't have people accepting our fate as, as a League One side. And, and you see the odd tweet that makes people think, oh, may, may, maybe some people are happy with that. But overall, I think it's clear that people haven't accepted our fate as a League One side because no, no one goes. Like The crowds are so low now. It's because most people don't want to watch it when, it, when it's this bad or, or when, it, when it's this average in League One, which is obviously not the place... We need to be so that's again we we can moan about people can moan about us being a bit upset that we're in mid table league one as much as they want they can point it they can point it towards us as much as they want the fact is a lot of people aren't there so you know that that is a problem whether you want to admit it uh, or not right we should hear from uh, Michael Appleton actually we've uh, we need to get him on the show um, we've got our guest fan Paddy's going to join us later on as well but uh, yeah I, w- I wanted you to listen to to Michael's interview with me yesterday and uh, yeah we'll hear what he said after the 2-2 draw with Cambridge. Pretty frustrating then to the game. How did you see that today? Um, yeah, obviously, clearly frustrated, um, you know, with, the, with what happened towards the end of the game. Um, 
I have to say at half time, obviously the way the sort of first half panned out, there was a lot of players look a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious. Um, struggled with playing with an expectation on them, um, which is a little bit alarming at half time. Having said that, with the changes that we've had to make over the last sort of couple of weeks and the players and some of the sort of physical presence that we've got that are not actually playing at the minute. Um, wasn't a massive surprise, but I still thought we, we could have and maybe should have dealt with that a little bit better. Um, having said that, I thought in the second half, we were on the front foot, we were aggressive, passed the ball forward much more um, like ourselves. Go 2 nil up, could have scored another couple. Um, and you think, yeah, OK, well done, good response. Um, but then just the little, the little bits of details have let us down at the end in terms of, you know, we can't allow a free header from seven yards out. It's just impossible to, at any level of football, you can't allow that uh, to happen. And then obviously, <clears throat> listen, I'm not going to sort of defend the referee because it's indefendable, you know. It's one of them where before the lad had even hit the ground, he, the whistle was in his mouth, he's give the, give the penalty and it's clearly outside the box. So... From that point of view, that was frustrating, but um, so many sort of mixture of emotions today. Has the referee explained that decision? Because he seems to be quite far back from it as well, mm. to, to have made that call. No, I just told him that he had a shocker. Um, you know, and for me, clearly that's what linesmen are there, aren't they? You know, uh, they're there to try and help the referee and make decisions, but I don't even think he'd give the linesman an opportunity to, to make a call on it and have his say on it because the whistle was in his mouth, like I say, before the lad had even hit the floor. You mentioned, obviously, the, the set-piece goal before that that, that that caused that sort of late collapse. I mean, in the first half, Cambridge had a bit of joy from set-pieces and it has been a, a problem, continuing problem for Charlton all season. I mean, how, how, how can you improve upon that? Well, it hasn't, because we've only conceded two before today. Um, but, obviously, clearly, they had a um, big, big height advantage today, um, which we knew was going to be difficult. Uh, we knew it was going to be difficult. Um so obviously, you know, you need your smaller players in the team and sort of less physical players in the team to be a little bit more aggressive and not allow free headers. I think I was pretty sure that there was going to be times and occasions today where we were going to lose headers because obviously the physicality and the height in, that they had in their team, but it's just just making sure it's not a clean header or a free header and obviously that was the disappointment with the, with the goal. Dan Carney came on at half-time and, and really made a big difference. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of that the other night when he come on. Um, what he does, he just gives us a little bit more physicality up there, obviously. Um, you know, like when you play with Alf up top as a nine, you've got you've to gotta feed him, you've got to play balls down the side. And, but to do that, you have to have a presence in, in, the, in the game. And we never had that in the first half. So, listen, he played off the line, he got his goal. But obviously, DK, yeah, you know, delighted the fact that, one, he's... You know, he looks like he's in a good place and two, he's contributing. A lot of people spoke about how commanding Michael Hector was today as well. Yeah, no, I thought it was great, X. And, and he needed to be. He needed to be because obviously it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy game. Obviously, Neil sort of going in um, this week changed the dynamics. You know, obviously they got a fantastic win last week against Fleetwood in the Cup. So, Spritz would have been reasonably OK. But obviously, when a new manager walks through the door, you know, they're going to they're gonna be in decent defence fell but um, yeah I think we needed a big performance from Hex today because he's very experienced and 
he's been ever present pretty much nearly since since I've come in through the door and um, I thought we got that today off him. Brought Deji back from from Bromley this morning as well and he came on towards the end of that just to try and help see out the game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we we expected obviously in injury time a lot of balls that would to come into our box and a lot of crosses. Um, you know, and the lads up top had done their work. So, um, listen, I think if we wouldn't have conceded the the non penalty, as I'll call it, um, I think it would have helped us and it would have given us a little bit more stability. Yeah, Corey went down just before he went off. Was that the reason he came off in the end? Yeah, he's 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 been struggling with a bit of a quad and a five for. For a while now, um, we've been managing it as best we possibly can. That's the reason why he never played or wasn't involved on Wednesday. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, he, he sort of he had a big contribution in the second half, and he was just—I think he had a strike just before he come off, and he felt it a little bit. And no Lloyd today as well. They said that he said he's picked up a problem. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a thigh issue. Um, he's likely to be out for two or three weeks, probably more of the three weeks. So I think he looks unlikely to be available. <clears throat> certainly next week and possibly the week after, but maybe Boxing Day on the 29th. Mm. Uh, did, obviously, obviously, you mentioned that, that first half performance and the comparison with, with the second half. How, how do you ensure that there's more second halves than first halves in the, in the next few weeks while you build up to the January transfer window? Um, well, it's very difficult because ultimately I don't play the game for them. Um, you can only sort of give them a, a bit of a structure and give them as much preparation as you possibly can, what the op- opposition is going to bring. Um but you know we've got sort of players in the team that you know struggle with whether it's a 50-50 challenge or an aerial duel just because of the profile of them as a, as a person. So we have to find a different way at times, and I, I thought we we did that in the second half. We 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 found a different way of getting at Cambridge. We were a little bit more forward thinking, a little bit went forward a little bit early instead of sort of trying to build. And I thought our switch to the play was was important. So I think. I think there's a reality now within the group that when we've come up against a side like Cambridge, we have to switch the ball a lot more quicker than what we did in the first half. How many players do you reckon you need just finally? Hard to say, hard to say. Um, but it certainly won't be one or two, put it that way. Um, there's going to be more than a handful, um, or I'd expect more than a handful to, to come through the door. Listen, at the end of the day, if we want to compete at the top end of this league, that has to happen. If not, will be where we have been for the last two or three seasons and just be a mid-table team. And I don't want that. I'm not come here to do that. And I'm sure everyone else is, is in the same same boat. So I think that, um, you know, January hopefully will be an exciting time for, for Charlton fans. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts, and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Just before the break there, we heard from the uh, Addicts boss, Michael uh, Appleton, after yesterday's uh, draw. Yes, you heard the, the little discussion about set pieces where re- he's referencing goals conceded since he's come in. I was references all season where we conceded a fair few more. Uh, and our XG from set pieces still isn't great. Um, certainly attacking, but defending, we're in the bottom 10, I think. Um, but yeah, Michael feels like he's improved it to an extent. Um, obviously, yeah, the, the conversation about transfers at the end, I thought it was just interesting there. Um, Chris said, uh, fighting talk from Apple's there. Vague threat to the owners, uh, Ari, the transfer window. Uh, it'll be full-blown Ben Garner soon. That's how... Um, Chris saw it. Dudley says a handful of players coming in, but it all depends on the quality uh, of the players uh, we get. And then Ben says, uh, hasn't every manager told us they're getting players in and we end up with a handful of late loan deals? Believe it when I see it. And I, I guess that's probably where I'm I'm sitting at the moment. So, you know, great. We're going to have a, an exciting transfer window, according to, to Michael there. Um, but yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, again, it's that same old, same old, isn't it? But I guess... The, the new ownership, um, this will be their opportunity to really show us how serious they are about backing Michael. Um, I, de- I definitely agree with with the comments about not um, not panicking and getting looking for another manager and all this. I mean, that's just nonsense. Like you, you, you can't keep changing your manager every six months, but. They need to support him in giving him what he needs. It's, we're seeing it at other clubs where managers are having a, a, a tough time. I've seen it in the chat about, obviously, Jacko at, at Wimbledon had a horrendous second half of last season, but the ownership got behind him and backed him with, with the players he's needed and that they're like in the playoff places. So it, I think you have to listen to your manager and what they need. They're the ones that work with these players on a daily basis. They should be the ones that make the decisions about who comes in. Um, and again, yeah, it, it's down to it's not just about the ability; it's about the mindset and the, the the attitude that you need to get in these players. And I think some some of that is we do struggle with some of the lads we've got at the moment. In that that mind, it's not just about the ability, the mindset and the attitude towards playing and fighting for that shirt. Because, like, we've all said, don't we, like, we'd give our right right arm to to play in that in that for our team. Um, and some some of them just don't look like they're really up for it for whatever reason. Yeah, you think we've got fitness injuries now. Wait until I'm asked to play in that side. <laughs> then we'll have some real problems. Um, uh, play sent us a message on Twitter. 
said uh, Alfie is not a nine and should never be. Uh, he needs a free roll and needs to have a target man with him. Hector and Thomas at centre-back looked okay today and, and he put in brackets, I'm a critic of both, so well done. Uh, Corey roasted the right back two or three times but otherwise looked contrasted and tired. Uh, you can't expect to uh, run a game down with four subs uh, 20 or under disappointing game management from Apples Carnu will be a great player so finally uh, the window needs to produce a striker and a defender or two plus a playmaker uh, in midfield yeah, I guess, yeah we haven't really mentioned actually the, the subs that came on near the end there obviously asked um, about Deji coming on there to, to Michael but it, it was youthful subs I mean it's a young bench we had so if he was going to make subs they were going to be young players Tom but I, I've seen a couple of people saying well maybe you should have just stuck with what we had out there but then that comes into balancing the, the the fitness of the squad and managing minutes and you know are we risking more injuries because because we're overplaying players like it's, it's a it's an awkward situation that re- really does it come down to the, the fact that we have a young uh, you know a young squad when, when we sort of delve below the surface I think so yeah I think if we go on and we do win that game I don't think anybody's probably having that conversation so it's easy in hindsight but when you look at that bench like you say who else could he have bought on maybe maybe louis watson i suppose um from a more experienced point of view but that's offering something different that's more of an attacking change so yeah you look at elaware and what a simway maybe would have been um but that's basically all we had and it goes again goes back to to sue's point and michael said it himself about like corey being being a carrying a knock for a little while these players are tired these players are struggling a little bit um I don't want to use that as an excuse at all, but the, the squad is too small. Um, and that's what we're having to deal with. It was only, I think we were laughing about it on the group chat, weren't we? It was only about four weeks ago. I was saying, as we come into this period, we need to be careful because we'll start getting injuries. And then three or four of our first team squad have got them literally overnight. And now I feel a little bit guilty, like it's my fault. But that that's where we are. I, I don't really see what else Michael Appleton could have done. And as I say, if we do hold out, which realistically we should have done yesterday, then we're probably not having this conversation. So, um, yeah, I think it's a circumstance thing. And, and if he does get some bodies in in January, I think we can take the pressure off some of those young players, hopefully, and just give them opportunities from a positive sense as opposed to having to play them because we haven't got anybody else. Mm. Uh, Phil says, uh, dreadful game yesterday. First half uh, was as bad as I can remember. Completely outbattled and weak all over the pitch. The two goals we scored were well worked, uh, but you just knew we were never going to keep a clean sheet. And so it proved. Feel sorry for all those academy players who once again are thrown under the bus. Uh, are we ever going to be good again? Then Phil adds, I've won two tickets for Luton against Man City. So just off there uh, as the show goes uh, to air. So hopefully that'll be a better game to enjoy. <laughs> so well, at least Phil's got something to look forward to uh, this uh, this afternoon. Charlton Exile says, it's all uh, just so depressing. A League One club, uh, League One budget, League One managers, uh, League One players as well. Sad, sad, sad. And I mean, that, realistically, that's <laughs> that's where we are. And it is, uh, it is hard to take. Uh, Paul said on Twitter, the first half was one of the worst I can remember. The halftime switch to bring on Carnu really worked and gave much better shape, and Apples takes the credit for that. Uh, but then after two good goals and having control, why did he make all those changes and defend uh, so deep? Gary's asking if anyone can tell uh, him why Ashley Maynard Brewer wears the mask. Well, it's because he's uh, he had a fractured eye socket, were you saying, Sue, before? He had a fractured something on his face. Um, so it's, it's just a protective mask. Um, we used to see players wearing uh, wearing that sort of stuff. Keith saying, uh, if we're still mid-table and going nowhere in Jan, who's going to want to come and sign? Who will be any better than what we already have? You need at least to be in the top six to attack, uh, attract uh, better players. I mean, where were we when we signed Bradley Wright Phillips? We were sort of in a January, probably vaguely think we're mid-table League One. You know, I think it doesn't mean you can't put stepping stones in place. If you've, if you've got the 
the wherewithal to do so and the budget to back you and you've got players you think can improve your side. It's not always as easy in January, people say, but I still think you can make you can make good strides in, in, in a January window, Sue. Sorry, <laughs> I was reading the comments. Um, yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, it's like you look at it and you go, right, yeah, we're League One. We've been in League One for too long now. Um, but we are still a big club. I, I feel like we've got an amazing stadium. We've got a good setup down at the training ground. I think for a player, we, we potentially could still be attractive. I think where the issue is going to come in, it will be money, wages. Um, we're not competing at that level that we used to because we haven't got the funds to be able to do that. So I think that's where our sticking point is. I don't think you have to, in that respect, sell the club to a player in terms of our history and the work we do in the community and just the way that the, the whole setup, the fan base, even though, yeah, the crowds have dropped, we still get a decent crowd for, for League One. So I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is what can we, what can the owners offer players to try and convince them to come to us? Yeah, and uh, well, we'll see how that plays out in uh, in January. Our guest fan has not arrived, um, so we, we we might we might have our first no show of the season. But we still got plenty of comments and emails to get to, so we we will be fine. Um, just to have a look at this email that came into the inbox from McSquared. Uh, he said, good news, bad news. The good news is we're unlikely to have any relegation worries uh, this season. The bad news is that it's clear the current squad has next to no chance of challenging for the playoffs. Once again yesterday, poor defending lets down and cost us points. We can ill afford to squander and our lack of squad depth means we're now depending far too much on inexperienced kids, especially with our backup uh, experienced players, uh, i.e. Charlie Kirk failing to impress with the current squad. Uh, we are a mid-table side through and through. Uh, we probably need at least half a dozen decent experienced players to change that. It's highly unlikely we will get those in January. Furthermore, there are likely to be a host of championship clubs eyeing up our best players, such as Dobbo, who is shortly going to be out of contract. Uh, Groundhog Day uh, is looming uh, yet again. That's from uh, McSquared. One thing we haven't actually mentioned, obviously, with, with the penalty, um, we, when we went through and did our like scores of... Uh, yeah, how how good signings have been uh, this this season, Tom. I think me me and they've both said we, we don't really know what we're seeing from from Teo yesterday. And obviously, whilst he was unlucky that his challenge was clearly outside the penalty area, it was it was a bit of a reckless one, wasn't it? And and uh, maybe maybe he sort of panicked in that moment. I guess the only saving grace you can give for him is he knew he was outside the penalty area, and therefore he thought just give away the free kick rather than let the player beyond him. But it, it, it was a poor challenge, and, and, we, and we can't we, we can't gloss over the fact, he, even though it was outside the penalty area. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the, the panic is a good way of putting it. I think that they've just scored, obviously, and we're trying to cling on to, to three points. So, yeah, I think he's just been a little bit rash in that in that moment. As you say, outside the box, so he thinks, OK, I'm going to give a, a, a free kick away. But as Chris has just put in the chat there, there probably wasn't any need to make the challenge at, at that point. I haven't seen it back, but in my head, he was. It wasn't like he was running directly at goal. It was kind of going away from goal, um, out towards the right. So, yeah, I don't really know what to make of him. I, you know, he's not a he's not a left back that I think is going to you know go down in in chart on history. You know, but um, 
I also don't think he's a bad player either. I think he's just one of them functional players that we've got in this side. And like I was saying earlier, I don't know if I said this on air or, or off air, but there's no one in there. And I was going to ask um, the, the guest fan if he came on, do, is there anyone he really likes in this side? And I think Eden probably fits in that mould. You know, I don't dislike him. He's a functional player, but I don't love him either. He's not somebody that if, if he got sold in January, I'd be gutted about. Um, and, and sadly, I think there's just too many for me, players like that in this side. So, yeah, I think it would be harsh to put all of yesterday on him. But at the same time, it was a clumsy challenge and one he probably didn't have to make. Mm. Uh, Stuart Court, uh, Facts and Stats, has pointed out that we were apparently still top six when we signed right for it. So, obviously, that was, went on to have a poor second half of that season. So, um, we're well, uh, well researched, Stuart, there. So, yeah, maybe we do need to be in the top six to sign uh, sign uh, good uh, players. All hell let loose. And will we have the ambition to go after Al Hamadi um, from Wimbledon, Hamadi. I mean, he's scoring a bag bag full of goals at the moment, Sue. Although he, he started the season ever so slightly slowly, but I mean, he, uh, uh, suggestions to me have been perhaps there'd be championship interest for him rather than us. So my 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 assumption is we won't be. But Sue, I mean, you've seen him play a couple of times actually, haven't you? So I mean, is he the answer to well, our problems? I mean, the thing is, goals ain't really been our problem. <laughs> it's it's other parts of the pitch that we need to improve upon. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm so torn with this one. Um, it's he is unbelievable, and he's 21 years old. This lad is going to be massive, um, but speaking from my heart, I want my bestie to get promoted, so they need him to stay there. Um, I love Jacko, but yeah, um, I would sell, uh, I would buy every single one of his players if it meant Charlton went up rather than, right. rather than Wimbledon, yeah. unfortunately. That, that's what it comes down to. I yeah. I mean, it would be amazing to see, see him yeah. in a Charl- Ali in a Charlton shirt because he is so good. But like you've said, the, the goal situation isn't the issue. We've, yeah. we've got, even with, with Miles out um, and, and Chucks, Alfie's still scoring and, and Corey's contributing. Um, we've got goals in us. It's just that the, the our main concern is the defensive errors. Mm. Um, and I think as well, like talking about that midfield, like it, I don't think it necessarily really works with with George and, and Scott. It 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 just feels too. Is they they're not. Scott, I don't think we're getting the best out of Scott for what, uh, what he can do, but sorry, go on. Yeah, no, sorry, we've just got a couple more comments anyway. I mean, if, if we do sign Al Hamadi, um, Jacko can run the line with Josh Davison anyway, so it'll be fine. Um, Simon uh, says, uh, interesting comment about a player not having to make the challenge, uh, which you hear many pundits say. Is there any thought about whether a player ever thinks about that in the passion of the game? Well, I guess I guess the point is there, Simon, that we should, because the, the passion... What one of the bits about being a footballer, and it, and it comes to, it'll come down to maybe discipline when you've when you've been crunched in a challenge, or when the ref's given a stupid decision against you, but also discipline in the moment of a game when someone's driving towards the edge of the penalty area, you, or you know you're playing a team who you know are good at set pieces, you you know not to give away a free kick or something. So that that's part of it. That's part of what you have to do. You have to understand the bigger picture and not just be full throttle all the time. You need to know when to make a, a, a challenge is sort of the way I saw that. Chris is asking what's going on with Terry Taylor if he's still injured. He is. I think they said New Year for him, if I remember rightly, but we're, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, uh, there was a comment uh, earlier on as well. Yeah, Kevin says, one reason the defence looks vulnerable is that wingers do not support the fullbacks. Uh, on losing the ball, they tend to 
to amble back. I mean, is, is that is that something that, that could be approved upon? I mean, Corey's not exactly known for his tracking back on 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 that side. Um, yeah, I guess the formation we we play as well can sort of leave that shape slightly slightly askew when when you want people tracking back to support the the, the fullbacks, Tom. Yeah, I think that was the only other point I was going to make when we were talking about Eden was perhaps he felt a little bit exposed in that moment. I still agree he shouldn't have made a tackle and shouldn't have dived in, but maybe he just felt a bit isolated out there. So I think it's a it's a fair point. I think the way we're set up is that Dobbo obviously tracks that back four and does a lot of that work for the, the wingers. But at the same time, they probably could track back a little bit more. Look, we know what Corey gives us going forward. And so to a certain extent, you're probably prepared to give him a little bit of leeway but everybody needs to put a shift in. And this goes back to the kind of rant I made right at the start of the podcast. That I just don't feel there's enough players in this side. We've talked a lot on a podcast in recent weeks about leaders. I don't necessarily think it's leaders, the point I'm making now. It's more the players prepared to dig in and do the, the, the nasty stuff and the hard stuff. I just don't feel like we've got enough of those players in this side. So when you are trying to see out a game like yesterday, that's the sort of reason we're throwing these games away, sadly. So, um, yeah, I think they probably could do a little bit more, but I think that goes for everybody in the side. You know, Scott Fraser, as we were just talking about there, is somebody that we've spoken about a lot as maybe not doing that enough as well. Um, Alfie May probably does, you'd say, in terms of him kind of getting around the pitch. But apart from that, those those forward players probably don't do it enough. And, and as Chris has said there, they kind of leave it to Dobbo because he's so good at it. But he can't do it all on his own, sadly. Close, but not quite all on his own. Yeah, as Sam saying, if I was Appleton, I would ask May uh, who was his best players he worked with at Cheltenham, or who causes him problems to try and play on. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the scouting network will be out there. Ho- hopefully, our scouting network extends beyond asking Alfie who his mates are. <laughs> but um, yeah, if there's any recommendations out there, and Dean saying would Nathan Asimway not have been a better option to play on the right side of midfield to help out uh, the right side uh, of defence? Yeah, maybe Andrew saying how much input will Appleton get into the players we sign? I mean, you know. Um, Obviously, the Andy Scott and his team will, will will do the majority of it. You'd assume that that Michael will get a certain level of input. I think that's been said, and, and they'll have to go through the the manager. But obviously, um, yeah, it, it's a recruitment team, Sue, that we've had over the last few years, and clearly one that needs to be improved. You know, I mean, we we did the scores on on Thursday's show. If you look at the, the ones that have come in since the takeover, I think, or, or since Andy came, it was an average of we gave him about three out of ten for the signings we had, and that isn't always necessarily purely on the player. I mean, someone tweeted us yesterday that Chen was probably wound, was fired up because we said he hadn't been a good signing on Thursday's show. But the reason he hadn't been a good signing is because he ain't played. You know, and that's us as a club not making a good signing. It's not, there's no reflecting on Chen if he hasn't played. And, you know, say we did, he did well yesterday. But it's clear it has to be better. You know, I think um, I think Michael referenced that in, in something he said yesterday that the, the recruitment has to, has to be better overall uh, based on the last few years. And I mean that that goes without saying, really, doesn't it? Because that's why we're mid table League One, because the players we sign are mid table League One players on the whole. Yeah, and it's I think even like I know we've talked about loans before where we we had that mad little flurry right towards the end of the transfer window that we ended up getting loan players in and probably one of the better ones isn't getting picked for whatever reason, um, in in Louis. Um but I think it's yeah. You've you've got to you've got to look at. Like I've already said it. You've got to look at not just the ability, but the mindset and the the attitude to be able to fight and have those games where yesterday, like keep it at two nil, like fight for it. Don't you haven't won at two nil, 
Like that mindset needs to change as a squad, but we need to get some stronger characters in because I think George and Alfie are carrying this team at the moment completely in terms of ability and mindset. And as someone already commented, George George looked knackered yesterday. He was holding his leg. Um, you worry, like, you take George out of the team, I, I just think we'd be hammered. Um, but, it, yeah, when, you, when you're when you recruiting, you've got to look at, we've got to get that experience in. We need to get, I know someone commented earlier, we won't we won't sell Alfie because he's 30. If, you, if he's scoring 30 goals a season, people will pay money for him, believe me. So that's where you've got to protect the good ones we've already got and do your best to keep hold of them, but also bring bring in players that are going to work to those players' strengths and, and enhance what we've already got. Sorry, Excellent man. stuff. Right. Uh, we've run out of time uh, on this week's Charlton Live. A massive thank you to everyone uh, who's joined us. Just a couple of reminders. Uh, check out the merch store, Charlton Live. Uh, .etsy.com. Um, I, I'm generally surprised by how many mugs we've sold in the in the build up to Christmas. So uh, make sure you, you get your hands on one of those. Also, have a look on our Twitter page in the next minute or so. Uh, we're launching a, a giveaway uh, for some Charlton prints. Um, yeah, have, have a look on that. Uh, it's one of those uh, where, you, where you retweet and you get a chance of winning a, a free print. So keep an eye on that. We've teamed up with an external company for that one. So have a look. Um, yeah, um, make sure you join us again on Thursday. Um, uh, I was going to say thanks to Paddy, but he didn't turn up. So no thanks to Paddy <laughs> this morning. Hopefully we're getting him on, uh, on, on another show because uh, I'm sure he's got plenty to say uh, as our guest fan. But yeah, massive thanks to everyone who's joined us in the chat or on um, uh, the follow-up on your podcast or YouTube. Make sure you subscribe uh, to us wherever we are. Um, Sue and Tom, an absolute pleasure as always. Cheers, Bo. Hello. Hope Mr. Angry. Mr. Angry feels a bit better now. No, it doesn't look, doesn't look any better, if I'm being honest, but we'll see. Um, thanks um, uh, thanks to everyone then who's tuned in. Uh, I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. It has been Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We shall see you again on Thursday. <laughs>